of Yahweh. I hear your word. I hear your direction, your command. And your Holy Spirit speaks and stirs, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to be your conduit and share the word with my brothers and sisters. They that have an ear, let them hear. Anyone that will hear these words and understand and seek, Father, seek the truth. Seek you, Father God. Have a spiritual ear, spiritual eyes to listen and see around the things that you are, Father, your might. You are mighty and greatly to be praised. Haba Yahweh Ahman, Yeshua Ahman, Parakletos Ahman. Brothers and sisters, um, there may be some of you that uh, say, boy, he's, uh, he speaks pretty harshly uh, at times. Well, yeah, that's a good thing. And remember what I said, brothers and sisters, if you seek offense, you will surely find offense. Um, does it bother you and offended by straight talk or tonation bothersome? Um, and that's a good thing that I'm in good company because the same thing with my Lord Jesus Christ and the Pharisees and others. They were offended by his speech. They were offended by truth. And brothers and sisters, I share with you and tell you right now that what I'm sharing with you here, I was, I was stirred to wake up and come and, and be in this, in this word and come. I, I have to go to work and I got off really, really late. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit taps on my heart and God says it's time, I get up because the Lord is my strength. And I've told you before, if you try my spirit, you will find that I speak truth. If you're offended, then maybe it is that in you. Because usually the way it turns out is that those that claim the greatest offense are the ones who are the greatest offender. Food for thought, brothers and sisters. Food for thought. So... What I speak is straight. What I speak is truth. And that's all that I will speak because it comes from God, my Father. So let me throw this at you. Um, food for thought further. Who in their right mind would only read portions or part of an instruction manual that is truth and guidance in our walk, in our way. And that's exactly what the Bible is. Let me go further with this. When some of you, I mean, I know schools are much different now, but there was a day in the time where you had to do book reports and you had to study and you had to do things and then you took a test and, and this and that and the other thing. And, and uh, when you came in, and you have, it was time to take that test and you hadn't read the material, you don't fare very, very well. And then when the teacher asked, you know, said, you know, you normally do pretty good. Um, why, why did you not do so well on the test? Well, I didn't have time to read the material. And you make up a song and dance routine for the teacher. You tap dance around and, and then she gives you a chance to make it up or she just says, okay. And away you go with your D minus or your F instead of a C plus, B minus, B or an A. Because you didn't study the material. You didn't take the time to do what you were supposed to do. And when you were getting your learner's permit to learn how to drive, did you not get instruction by the instructor of the class that... You were to study the driver's manual, the DMV handout of the material that he gave you so that when you go to take the test and you answer the question, you can do so. Now, granted, they give you three times that you can take the test before you have to wait an entire year before you can retake it. I don't know how that is. Now, shoot, they're handing out uh, cars and automobiles and licenses and registration. You don't even have to be... <laughs> Uh, let's not go on that. Well, yeah, you don't even have to be a citizen now. They give you, uh, you give you license and reign. And I've seen these going around work where they 
They'll finance you for an automobile. You don't have to have a bank account. You don't have to have a credit standing. You don't have, even have to have a driver's license or a registration. And the check marks down this, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem, and they'll do it. I never even had an inkling when I was young and put my money out for my very first automobile. I never even had a notion to get an automobile before I had a license and I could put it on the road or drive it. Nowadays, it's anything. But at any rate, the point being, if you didn't read the material, you wouldn't know what the answers were. You wouldn't know what to do. Are you following me, brothers and sisters? Are you getting the point? Let's go a step further again. You have architectural draftings. You have schematics that tell you what lays where and how it's supposed to be applied. If you don't read the instructions, you mess it up. So if you're only picking and choosing what you want to read in the Bible, you're going to mess it up. If the shoe fits, then put it on and walk in it. And if it pinches your foot, maybe, just maybe, it's trying to get your attention that you ought to be reading the material and do so as a whole book. This Bible, this truth that God gave us was our instruction manual for our life. If you pick and choose what you want to listen to or read and you don't listen to truth and you don't read the truth, then you are going to be in dire straits. And if you're offended by my speech and my tonation, then that's a good thing because let me tell you this, and you might say this is vanity, but I tell you it's not. It's declaring the truth and the truth, period. Jesus Christ offended many because he spoke truth. Peter offended many because he spoke truth. He was crucified and demanded to be crucified upside down because he was not worthy to be crucified as Jesus Christ was crucified. Paul was put to death and offended many. Why do you think that most of his epistles that he wrote to the churches and to others were written from either being in house arrest, in prison, or chained because he offended people? Brothers and sisters, if I offend, then you know what? I'm speaking truth, and if the truth offends, then that's really sad. Have you heard the term armchair quarterbacks? Some of you probably have not. If you're of that millennial age, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. This was a term that was used because you'd have people that were watching a football game and they were talking about how bad they were playing and that the quarterback should have this and the quarterback should have that. And if they had only done this or done that, then they would have won the game or they'd be in the lead. Well, your armchair quarterbacks have either possibly never even played football and that's all they do is sit out in the chair and they start issuing directions well brothers and sisters i tell you this about that there are christians that are the exact same oh let me rephrase there are those that claim to be christian that are the exact same way they are complacent and as i shared a couple uh, segments ago in a lesson that I was getting from uh, one of my very, very fine teachers, is that they are lazy. They are lazy, and they don't want to put the effort out, as we are called to do. We are called, I am about my father's business, because God told me that I should be sharing this gospel. The Bible also said, Jesus Christ says that we will be offensive. And that there will be those that will find offense in what we do and what we say. So I'm going to share this portion out. I'm going to share it from um, the old scripture because I just, I kind of like the wording that they, that they do in this, um, the way it's worded and the translation. So it says, be patient and wait for Hashem. Do not be vexed by the prosperous man who carries out his schemes. Give up anger. Abandon fury. Do not be vexed. 
as it can only do harm. For evil men shall be cut off, but those who look to Hashem, they shall inherit the land. And remember, brothers and sisters, Hashem is a transla- translates to Lord God. And I've shared with you before that anger is okay if you're righteous in it, but what, what the, the translator is talking about here is when you get vexed, you get agitated, and you, you go storming in headlong, you're not waiting for God to direct your path. And that's my next. You go to power. Trust in Hashem with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path smooth. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Hashem and shun evil. It will be a cure for your body and a tonic for your bones. Brothers and sisters, Don't go off half-cocked. That's another term that some of you may not understand, and those of that millennial period are not going to understand that. When you go, and they used to have guns back in the day, and and, uh, you could half-cock them. And you could walk around, and you were just uh, more at the ready to pull the trigger and fire, but you, uh, you weren't able to. You had to pull the, the hammer back all the way and click it twice to be able to pull the trigger and make the bullet go through the barrel and fly through the air and hit the target. But if you only went half-cocked and you pulled the trigger, the gun wouldn't fire and the bullet wouldn't go anywhere. So anyway, that's where the terminology comes from. Don't go off half-cocked. You wait for the Lord to direct your path and what you should say and do. And you wait for the Lord and he's going to direct you and he's going to show you the ways that you walk and the ways that you go. And he directs my steps and my words. This is his truth. And he is my Lord, my teacher, my guide. The only validation that I need, I don't need your validation straight up and there goes that tonation and that that word again so if you're going to get your knickers in a twist by my speech then by all means that's unfortunate but I'm going to tell you the truth he directs my ways he directs my steps he directs my words and I speak his truth I don't make things up what I say I don't make up you talk about all this turmoil and all this trouble that's going on in the world and then you have the whiners and the criers that call it oh the doom and gloom the doom and gloom well that's because those are the ones that are only reading the parts of the instruction manual that they decide that they want to read because it talks pretty and nice stuff but the thing of it is that the instruction manual is a complete document that God has written for us And then you're going to have those same individual, well, God didn't write it. Well, yeah, he did. He's the author and the finisher. He had physical men and women that wrote the words down, but it's God's writing. He is the author. They were the pen. You have what are called ghost writers now. And you have some that will dictate a book and it's written down exactly what they say. God had ghost writers. Peter, Paul, Ruth, Esther, Moses, Job, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hezekiah, Habakkuk, Hosea, Joel. A lot of ghost writers. He inspired them by the words that he breathed into them, brothers and sisters. This instruction manual is to be completely read in its entirety, not piece by piece and picking and choosing what you decide is applicable to your life. The whole thing is applicable, brothers and sisters. I've already gone back and forth from the New Testament to the Old Testament with you and showed you how it's applicable and relevant. And that those that that cry today about it not being relevant to our day and age are full of baloney because it is indeed. It is indeed. So, as I shared with you 
in Proverbs what he what the Lord God has said and declared and I will share that with you here Proverbs 5 I'm sorry Oh, goodness, shame on me, brothers and sisters. I didn't put a marker in it. But I know where I'm going. Here we are. So in Proverbs 3, 3, 6 actually. But uh, I'm going to back up here. And I'm going to read from chapter 3, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. So I shared in two different translations, brothers and sisters, primarily the same thing. What we need to do is we need to shun all the wickedness and everything that's going on and not be agitated and vexed by it so that we go off half-cocked, wait for the Lord to direct. The Lord's directing my paths. He's directing my speech and my words. And if he didn't think that this was appropriate or he believed, then I'm quite certain that he would stop me. But he roused me. He woke me and he stirred me and these things are just rolling around and got me up. Quite honestly, I'd much rather be finishing sleep because I have to go to work again. But God woke me. The Holy Spirit's directing me. And this needs to be said. It needs to be said, brother and sister, because there are those of you out there that have fallen into this comfort zone and you don't want to get up and do what our Father has called us to do. I am about my Father's business. We all are to do that. Why do you think that the world is in such turmoil? And then there are those that are just going to sit back in their armchair. Well, it's because, 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 because why? Do you not think that there could be a difference made if more brothers and sisters were following the word of God as opposed to going on their own way and allowing things to be as they are and not challenging anyone? Brothers and sisters, it is a difficult thing to challenge someone. But if you're speaking the truth, then stand up righteously, boldly. Do not step down in cowardice. Do not step aside in compromise. Stand up and be bold. You don't have to be confrontational. And I'm certain that there are those that are going to decide that I'm being confrontational because of my tonation. Well, isn't that just too bad? And I've shared it before. I don't care. Why don't I care? Because I have a degree that has been issued by a much higher authority than any of these colleges down here. I do not have a theological degree. But I have a degree from Heaven Sent University. And God signed it. The Holy Spirit signed it. And my Lord Jesus Christ, it's penned in his blood. So that validation is the only validation I need. I don't need yours. I don't need anyone else telling me that you shouldn't be doing this because you don't have a degree. Well, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I do. I have the only one that matters. His validation is the only validation that matters to me. And it's the only one that I need. It's the only one that I declare on having. I, I haven't. I haven't gone to world college down here and have some chancellor sign a piece of paper that's got fancy writing on it that says, hey, here you go. You've got a degree in theology. The Lord guides my steps. 
Blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. This is out of Jeremiah 17, beginning in verse 7. Ah, actually, he just pulled my eyes up and pointed this out to me, and then I'll continue. Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Translation means that if you don't trust in God and you decide that you're going to follow what men, what is being said by mammon, because there are women out there that are as despicable as anyone else. They're up there in these elected positions and they're they're despots. They're not even decent. And you're following that and you make flesh your strength. Flesh is your your arm. Arms are strong. Arms are strength. But if you rely on the word of mammon to make you strong, then you are cursed. And if you take your heart away from God and you turn away from him, as the Bible declares that during this darkened time in the last days that many will fall away, even those that claim to be faithful. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched place in the wilderness and a salt land and not inhabited. Life would be desolate. Without God, it's just desolate. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. As a partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at his end shall be a fool. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Now, you want to talk about relevance, brothers and sisters? Jeremiah, God's prophet, is talking about the fountain of living water. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well in Samaria? They that come to me shall never thirst again, for I offer living water. Hmm, relevance. New Testament, Old Testament, speaking about the same thing. Relevant? Yeah, it is, because it was written by God. God, the first, the last, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the author, and the finisher. His word is righteous. His word is truth. And this is all that I speak, brothers and sisters. I've told you and I invite you again, try my spirit. If the Holy Spirit tells you don't listen, don't listen. That's fine. I don't care. My validation is from God. It isn't from mammon. Do I sound harsh? Do I sound bitter? Not at all. I'm just speaking truth. I don't care because my validation comes from my God. He's directing my steps. He's directing my my words of truth. It comes from his Bible. I don't make up what I give to you, brothers and sisters. It's truth, period. Exclamation point. Dot, dot, dot. 
That's all that matters is his validation. If I'm doing right according to what he directs me to do, then that's all that matters. Get up out of your easy chair and quit being an armchair quarterback. Get out of your comfort zone. Walk out and do what God has called you to do, to share the gospel, share the word, share the truth. Somebody's going to throw a rotten egg at you or a piece of fruit? Yeah, so? I've had people spit at me, so? Soap and water, take a shower, it washes off. I've had people curse me and try to use the name of Jesus Christ as a curse because they were angry. Well, guess what? Things didn't turn out so well with them because when a person does that thing and tries to call on the name of God as a curse and the blood of Jesus Christ as a curse, it comes back on them. And that's a fact because why? Scripture says so. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I know that that person did not fare well. Do not use God's name as a curse. That's what these cursory expletives are that go around on the face of this planet that you hear everyone talk about all the time. Ah, smash your thumb with a hammer and out it comes. God's name is a curse. Or his only begotten son's name as a curse. Or an exclamation for something. If it's not said in righteousness, it is a curse and not to be used as such. It will come back to haunt those that do that. I know that because the Bible tells me it will. And in Matthew 24, I don't want to be too verbose, brothers and sisters. I know that I can get lengthy. I don't need to be told that. That's why I was told to do the podcast. Because you can put it on pause and you can save it for a later time. But when it comes to the word of God, my father's business, I tend to get that way. And there are those that find it offensive or they're offended by it or it hurts their feelings. Well, I don't care because it's my father's business and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I care as a feeling person with the love in my heart that he gives me, but I don't really care because if you're offended by it, then that's your problem and not mine. So don't make your problem my problem. And that's what so many people in the world today tend to do. And Jesus Christ told the disciples that that would happen. In Matthew 24, he shares with them when they, they bug him and they want to know when's it going to happen when's the when's the what's the sign of the end of the and you're coming again tell us tell us tell us they were like kids trying to get to Disneyland and they had almost every turn they would question they wondered why what are the signs of the coming and he relinquished and he said take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and deceive many we're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. And that we should not be troubled. Jesus tells him, he said that we're not supposed to be troubled in this because nation's going to come up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and diverse places. And these are just the beginning of sorrows, brothers and sisters. What does that tell you? There's going to be worsening things coming. And he also declares, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Read Matthew 24 in its entirety. That's important, but I, I highlighted that because that's an important part of this. 
Jesus Christ tells us that we're supposed to be doing this. And for those of you that want to armchair quarterback and whine and cry and just read the good parts, and then you don't get up out of that lazy chair and get up outside and share the word of gospel, you don't talk to anyone about Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I am so glad that I have finally gotten the boldness and the truth that Jesus Christ meant for me to have and that my Father God meant for me to have. I used to be that. I'd go to the meetings, I'd sing, and I'd, you know, I'd kind of sit back and I'd put my hand. But when I got out around in the public, I would just, I wouldn't share it with anyone. I didn't talk to anybody about it except for those that were in my church group or my Bible study. Those people I talked to. Why did I share it with them? They already knew the or were supposed to know the word of God. So I thought, however, seeking God's face constantly in the word and reading his truth, I find that that's not so and that I need to be sharing with everyone and that includes members of the body who are flopped back in their easy chair and they pull the lever on the side and they're drinking their sweet tea or their unsweet tea or whatever, a cup of coffee. And they're sitting back in there and they're armchair quarterbacking what everybody else out here needs to be or should be doing. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you for declaring yourself to be a Christian and then not doing God's business. We are all called to be about God's business. I don't know who you are. I didn't call you out by name, and that's not my place to do that. God's going to judge you for what you're not doing. He's going to be the one that you have to say, well, gee, I went to church on Sunday and went to Bible study on Wednesday and went to special occasions. Are you going to be one of those lukewarm and get spewed out? I mean, you know, he's not going to give you the boot all the way out because if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you won't be booted. But he's not going to be very pleased. I'd rather have my God say, and what about this and this and this? And I say, yes, God, I know I, I did do that, but I brought it to your throne for forgiveness. Why should I let you in? Because I'm about your business. And Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, your only begotten Son, and he lives in my heart. And God's going to say, welcome home. That's all that matters, brothers and sisters, to be able to get an entry into that with a validation of only one that I need. Only one. I don't need yours or anyone else's. Only one validation that I need. And that's all. And Jesus Christ was teaching again in Mark 6. He was teaching in the temple. And there were many that were astonished at what he was saying. And what they would do... (laughs) They were, they were dumbfounded. And what was one thing? They became offended. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended by him. They were offended by his speech because he spoke with authority of his father. And it offended them. Because they were familiar with him. And that's how some people are with me. They know who I am. They know that I spent time in the Marine Corps. They know that I have just this kind of job. And I'm not some theological wizard and didn't go to some fancy college with a theological degree. And you can probably tell that in some of my speaking. Well, guess what? I'll share with you that famous line that I put out there. I don't care. I don't have a theological degree from a university on the face of this planet. My degree comes from a very high calling and is signed by my Lord God, is signed by Jesus Christ with his blood. And the Holy Spirit guides my speech 
in the word of God, the book of truth, the instruction manual that God intended for us to read in its entirety and use. If you only read the good and frilly parts, that's all you're going to be aware of. And you're going to stay in that lazy chair, pull back the lever, you're going to kick your feet up. And then you're going to pat yourself on the back when you take a, a car out and you deliver some food to somebody or you do that. You're going to be busy trying to bust your shoulder out of location from patting yourself on the back. Well, you know, I did this and I did that and I had to go over here and I didn't have time for that because I had to go over here and I had to do this and this is what I was doing over there and yada, yada, yada. And you're getting, uh, oh, bless you, bless your heart. Well, great. Are, who are you doing that for? Do you need to be bragging about that? Now, trust me, brothers and sisters, there's sometimes where the Lord directs my speech and, and I offer as a testimony, but it's not for my vainglory, but there are those individuals that do that for exactly that reason. They want to get that, oh, bless your heart, good for you. Wow, that's so great, that's so awesome. While they're not doing it for the benefit of the church, they're not doing it truly for the benefit of those people, although it does, what they're doing it for is so that when they come back, they can say, oh, look what I did. Pat me on the back because my shoulder's sore and my elbow got dislocated from the other day when I was so busy patting myself on the back. Cut it out, brother and sister. Get up out of that easy chair and walk out there. You're going to offend some folks. They're going to be agitated. But if you're doing your father's business and you're doing it in righteousness, you have nothing to fear. And Jesus was sent the 12th out here. If you look on uh, Matthew chapter 6 and go down to verse 7 on, he sent them out. He told them, don't take anything, don't take any food, don't take anything. And when you go to a place, when they accept you in, they're going to clothe you or they're going to, you know, they'll offer clothing, they'll offer bed, they'll offer you food, and you stay with them. You stay with them. And here's the thing, too, is that he gave them power and authority over unclean spirits. Don't take anything with you, no money in their purse. Just be shod with sandals not, and don't put on two coats. He also admonished them that if you go into a house, stay until you get ready to leave. You stay in that place. They're going to take care of you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart, then shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So if you reject the word of God, Sodom and Gomorrah was an unclean place, and it was... Uh, you know, I've shared some of that with you before. But they rejected the word of God. So when you reject the word of God and you turn your back on him and you don't want to hear the gospel. And then we're going to jump over here to the book of Luke. And Luke chapter 10. Start down here. In verse 17, the returning of, of those that he sent out. And when Jesus first sent him out, he said, and he told them, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. That's how he described the world that his disciples were going out and to teach. And verse 17 through, and I'm going to jump down to verse 24 that you, that you can read on this. I'm just going to share you the highlights. The highlighted verse is important. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Brothers and sisters, I will say it again. They that have an ear, let them hear. 
they that have eyes, let them see. And I am talking about spiritual hearing and spiritual eyesight. I'm not talking about the physicality that we have in our physiological makeup as homo sapiens. That's not what I'm talking about. Spiritual hearing, spiritual sight. And to have those things are important to be in this instruction manual that God gave us that we are supposed to and intended to read in its entirety, not to pick and choose. I mean, come on, if you were assigned a book report to do when you were in school and you only read part of the book and you didn't finish it, and then you had to give an oral report. I've had book reports like that before, not written. Written book reports were mostly in elementary or lower grades. And see, back in those days, you had... Uh, an ele- you had a nursery school, then you had elementary school, then you had a junior high, then you had a high school and college. Now you have a middle school, which includes all the way from sixth grade to 13th, I think. I don't know what it is. And you have all these children of such a mixed age that are going in. And my goodness gracious, I've seen... Whew. Anyway, that's another... Don't want to get off track there, but... And those, in and, and the days when I used to do that, you used to have to do a book report. And you'd come do it written. And then as you got into uh, upper grades, then you would do an oral book reports. And sometimes it would be a class discussion used, depending on, you know, in my creative, uh, in my creative cultures and my creative writing class, many of them were an oral report because we would all be reading the same book and we should all be at the same point but there were a couple times where I didn't cover the material that I was supposed to cover. And then I came in and was expected to answer questions. I had no clue on what to respond. So brothers and sisters, if you do that with the word of God, his instruction manual, what happens when it comes time for you to do your book report? Figuratively speaking, what happens when it comes time to apply what God has intended for us to be applying to our walk. You can't do so because you've got no idea what to do because you didn't read the instruction manual on the section of the Bible that told you what to do because it wasn't a nicey-nicey place and it wasn't one of those really frilly narratives. It was of a little bit darker tonation But it told you how to walk through the explanation of what was happening. And brothers and sisters, you can't get by with a half-cocked gun. And you can't go hunting when it's half-cocked. And brothers and sisters, you can't defend yourself when it's half-cocked. You got to go out. You have to be prepared. You have to be ready. And unfortunately... The world that we're in today, Nigeria, Afghanistan, and you've got people that have hearts like the uh, jihadist Taliban. Now, I've shared with you before, brothers and sisters, that all followers of Islam are not this way. There are, just like there was in the time that uh, when Jesus walking, there were, there were, they call them zealots or zealots, however you want to pronounce it. They were very confrontational. They were combative and they would even kill folks, murder Roman senators and, uh, you know, that were out. of. I mean, that was what they would do. And they did that declaring that that was what God would want them to do. Maybe in the old law, but I mean, look what the Pharisees did to Jesus Christ. They declared the old law and they were offended by what he did and they crucified him. How much better are we than he that we're not going to offend somebody? Somebody's not going to be offended and want to punch us in the nose or punch our lights out because we're speaking the truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ, God the Father. Could happen. And if I get a sock in the eye because I'm spreading truth and not confrontational, but it's only truth and I'm doing so righteously, then so be it. That may happen, I don't know. 
And then, of course, I can declare elder abuse because I'm an old guy. Eh, not really. I'm blessed, mightily blessed. And so mightily blessed that there's folks that don't believe I'm my age. But anyway, that's because my Lord is so gracious to me. He's so gracious, so merciful. So further reading in Luke, I like Matthew. Well, I like all the Gospels, but Matthew is very, tended to be very detail-oriented and, and direct because he was a, um, he knew how to write, he knew how to read, he knew numbers. I mean, he, he was a tax collector. And he worked for the Romans, which is why a lot of the disciples, they didn't actually care for him too much. He was very pointed and very detail-oriented. Luke was a physician. He was also scholarly, and he was very detail-oriented, and his perceptions are very different, but I kind of like them, um, maybe because I tend to be in that frame of thought at times. So Jesus Christ is talking to the disciples again. Uh, this is in uh, Luke chapter 17. I'm not going to read through the entirety, although there's some really, really awesome writing here. And this is what we need to be more like, though. And he he was speaking to the disciples. And... He's he was teaching in the church, actually, and then um, this is the declaration in his response. Um, starting verse 22, well, actually, y'all need to read the whole thing, and I really don't want to do that, but in verse 22, because it's, it's pretty lengthy, actually. It's uh, 37 verses, and I've already taken a lot of time in my Bosnese church speaking of the word of God as I do. But jumping over here to verse 22, after he's speaking to his disciple and said unto the disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here, see there. Don't go after them and don't follow them. There are those that are doing that now. Right now. I shared with you the other day, brothers and sisters, there's a man declaring that to follow the lies that are being mongered to the people is the Christian thing to do. Well, I've already shared with you my thoughts on that. I'm not going to go over it again because there are those out there that, oh, this is political, this is political. Well, it's not intended for politics, brothers and sisters. It's intended for the sharing of the truth. And when you have those people that are pandering lies and they're mongering falsehoods and they're mongering things that hurt people and are not truth, that disturbs me greatly. It has nothing to do with the side and has nothing to do with politics. Truth, period, exclamation point, dot, 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 truth only. And this man had the audacity to present the case for following the lies because it's the Christian thing to do. How dare you? And he will have to answer for that, but I pray for him. I'm, I agitates me, but I pray for him. And just like it says right here, don't go after them. Don't follow them. Seek the truth. Check on these things, brothers and sisters. Check on the truth. Don't just go willy-nilly and follow them because they say, oh, this is the right thing to do and this is what we should do. Remember, I've shared this with you too, brothers and sisters. Simply because you have 10,000 ignorant people declaring that a cheetah and leopard are the same thing doesn't make it so. And remember, ignorance is not stupidity. It's just lack of information, period. Seek information. Seek the truth. Seek those things. And ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It will be brought to you, brothers and sisters. It will be made manifest to you in truth. It's what I did. What you should do.
And Jesus tells him that no one is going to know these things and that all are trying. He also told him that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. I need to read that in its entirety, brothers and sisters, because it talks about, I firmly believe, right where we are. It's coming soon, brothers and sisters, and to be quite honest with you, like there was an old song a long time ago when I was... um, When I was uh, back, oh, goodness gracious, I'm, it was a long time ago. <laughs> but um, the song was, I wish we'd all been ready. I wish we'd all been ready. And talks about when uh, a loaf of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish that all had been told. The demons danced, the devil dined. I wish we'd all been ready. And I do, brothers and sisters, I wish we'd all been ready. And uh, there was one other thing I was going to share before I get off the airwaves and prepare my day. Well, this is actually preparation of my day. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, that was a false alarm. I'd already been there. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I, I told you I got stirred up pretty early and didn't even finish. I would have much rather my carnal man would have wanted to be sleeping. But the spiritual decided to say, hey, Holy Spirit's rousing. God just tapped on your on your window pane and wants you up and at him. So I got up and at it. Brothers and sisters, I share these things with you because it is my father's business. It's what I'm called to do. And because I love you and I want you to be aware and to seek truth. Have a blessed day, brothers and sisters. Have a blessed day.